Take your Bibles if you have them today. Go ahead and be finding 2 Corinthians as you're doing that. Good morning. It's good to see all of you uh, in the Lord's house on this second Sunday uh, of the new year. I want to welcome those who also may be our guests today. I know Brother Andy and Brother Caleb may have done that a few minutes ago, but, uh, but we do want to make you feel welcome and appreciate you worshiping today. Today we start a new series through the book of 2 Corinthians. The whole book uh, is really about encouraging words in discouraging times. Uh, this is a uh, second letter in the New Testament to the church of Corinth. Of course, the first one is, is 1 Corinthians. And uh, many scholars believe that Paul actually wrote multiple letters to the church of Corinth, even more than two. Some uh, even say up to four different letters to the church of Corinth just because of some of the needs uh, that was in the church. This morning in the first part, chapter 1, verses 1 and following, the scripture says, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in Achaia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer, or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of the suffering, so also you will partake of the consolation. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. You also, helping to gather in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. What do you do when you don't know what to do. Maybe today you are in a situation where you don't know what to do. So what are you supposed to do? If you're not in that situation today, you've been in that situation in the past, and you more than likely will go through that situation in the future. What do you do when you don't know what to do? In fact, if you want to find out who you really are, what comes out of your life when you don't know what to do? The old saying is, what happens when you get squeezed? If you squeeze a lemon, lemon juice will come out. If you squeeze an orange, orange juice will come out. If you squeeze an apple, apple juice will come out. If you squeeze a believer through trials, stress, tribulation, what comes out of that? And we can find out who we really are 
by the tribulations that we go through, when we are squeezed, the world sees what we really are. The world sees what God sees because God looks on the inside, not on the outside. So we all the time are facing tribulation. We're all the time facing trials. In fact, even if we are successful, we're not immune to tribulations. Probably the more successful you are, the more tribulations and discouragement you will face because the higher you go, the longer it is for you to fall. The harder it is for you to fall. No matter where you are at in your spiritual walk with Jesus, you will face times of discouragement. If I was to ask you, who do you think is the greatest Christian who ever lived in New Testament times? majority of you would say the Apostle Paul. This is Paul's testimony. This is his testimony in verses 8 through 11 of discouragement, of trials, of persecution. If anybody was close to the Lord, Paul was. So Paul gives us some answers this morning of what do we do when we don't know what to do. The first thing is this, and we find this in verse number 3. I'm going to skip one and two. These are introductory remarks. They're very important. It kind of gives you the context of the Scripture and the, and the church of Corinth. Who's writing Paul? Timothy is also with him. Verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of mercies and the God of all comfort. The first thing is this, is to understand that God is working over you. When you are in a situation where you do not know what to do, one thing you do know is that God is working over you. God is in control of what exactly what you are going through. You may not know what to do, but God does. God is working over you. He is in control of what is happening. Verse 3 is a doxology. Verse 3 is a prayer. Isn't it interesting that before Paul talks about his trials, he first talks about his Savior and how he praises him. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It mentioned, it's mentioned three times in the New Testament here in 2 Corinthians. It's also mentioned in Ephesians 1 verse 3 where it talks about how he chose us before the foundation of the world. And, and we praise God for all that where all spiritual blessings comes from. The third time it's mentioned is in 1 Peter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who by his abundant mercy had begotten us and uh, begotten us again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It is a song of praise. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. In Jewish society, when you would say Father of something, it meant the originator of. So as Paul is writing this to the church of Corinth, the God, our Father, is the originator of mercy. What do you need when you don't know what to do? You need the mercy of God. Lamentations says, 3 verse 22, By His mercies we are not consumed. If it were not for the mercies of God, the first time you didn't know what to do, you would have fallen. You would have died. 
You would spend eternity in hell were it not apart from the mercy of God. But God provides mercy. He's the Father of mercy. And when we're going through times of discouragement, we have to understand that God is working over you. Definition for mercy, Warren Wiersbe says, He does not give us what we deserve. We do not deserve encouragement. We deserve wrath and the punishment for our sins. But praise God, He is the God of all comfort. Ten times in these first 11 verses is the word comfort or consolation mentioned. It comes from the same root word where we get our word Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, and 16, which means to come alongside. It's that helpmate that we have in our relationship with Christ. To come alongside. It means to strengthen. In fact, the English word comfort is the same word for the word strengthen. God puts strength in our hearts so we can face our trials and triumph over them. When we face trials, we don't look inside, we don't look around, but we look up. And we see the one who is over all of our circumstance. He is working over us. He is the God of all comfort. The word circumstance. Somebody say, you just don't know my circumstance. The word circumstance comes from two words. Circum, which means around, like circumference. And stance means to stand. So your circumstance, the actual definition means what I'm standing around. And that is totally contrary to God because God is in all places at all times. He is omnipresent. So God never has a circumstance. God is over all circumstances. So whatever you're facing today, what you can do when you don't know what to do is to understand that God is over you and He's working. He is the God of all comfort. The second thing is this, first part of verse 4 says, He comforts us in all our tribulation. So not only is He the God of all comfort, He's the God of all strength. Verse 4, He gives strength. He comes alongside in all of our tribulation. Then then hop down to verse 8 and following. We don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we even despaired of life. We don't know exactly what Paul is talking about in this text. We can't go back and say this is the exact moment that he's talking about. But we do know some of the circumstances that Paul may have been referring to. Paul was left dead city after city after city. Paul was beaten. Paul was put in prison all because he loved Jesus and his relationship with Christ. There were many situations where he didn't know what to do. And as he's writing this in verse 8, he's encouraging the church, saying, hey, we've been in a situation where we don't know what to do. Know that God is working over you, but also God is working in you. God uses circumstances to work in your life and to work in your heart. If there's one thing you have learned, I hope, over the years, is this, that God will put on you More than you can handle. Did you hear that? 
God will put more on you than you can handle. Say, so, Brother John, I, I understand all of that. God will not put on me more than he can handle. That is totally contrary. If that were true, then you would not need God. But he puts more on you, just like Paul says in this text, so that he understands that God is working through you. The reason why you may be facing something in your life today is not because you've done anything wrong. It's because you've done something exactly right. And God is working in you. He's over your circumstance, but he's also teaching you in the middle of your circumstance. He's teaching you in the middle of your trial. God permits trials to come into your life. Our trouble, our sufferings, our trials, our discouragement, they are no accident for the believer. Everything that happens in your life is a divine appointment. Boy, that ought to just ring a bell in our minds that when things are going crazy in our life, God's like, I know exactly what's going on. I sent it to you. And I want you to know I'm working above that situation so you can rely to me, but I'm also working inside of you. Notice what Paul says in verse 8. He says, we don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us, that we were burdened beyond measure. The word burden means unbearably crushed to the point of depression. You ever been there? Paul's been there. The Bible says above strength. He did not have the strength to endure on his own. You ever been there? Paul's been there. The Bible says he's also been despaired so that we even despaired even of life. The word despair means no passage. Paul said there was a situation where there was no way out. I was looking death right in the face. Maybe you've been there. Paul says, no escape from the desperate situation that threatened his life. He says in verse 9, yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. The only time it's used here in the New Testament. It refers to a judgment, a legal decision, a resolution. Paul believed that he was going to die for the gospel of Jesus Christ. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Paul was facing death. And yet he understood that God was working in his heart. When it looks like nothing else is working in your life, know that God is always working in you. That trial that you're going through today, the discouragement, the, the, the depression, whatever may be bothering you today, God knows about it. And God is working in you. As a great Christian, as the Apostle Paul was, he could not overcome pressure. He could not overcome stress. He could not overcome the trials that he was facing. As a believer, know that God will put things on you that you can't handle. The best thing to do is say, Lord, I can't handle this on my own. Me and I'm talking to you because we're the hard-headed ones in the, in the race of life. We don't want help. We don't want to seek advice. We don't want to search the Scripture. We are ones who can figure things out and we're the ones who fall the most. And yet Paul says here, hey, God is working in you. 
that situation that you don't know is happening. That's God that's trying to open up that hardness that's in our hearts to, to speak to us and to make us more like Jesus. Paul's trying to say, hey, God wants to work in your life, but you've got to get out of the way and move over and allow Him to be able to work. God wants us to trust Him. Not our gifts, not our abilities, not our experiences. God wants us to trust Him. Verse 9 says, all of that happened so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Do you believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ? Yes, we just sang that a few minutes ago. The same power that raised God from the dead is the same power that is in you. You may know that in your head, but to know that in your heart, you must first die. There's no, there will never be a resurrection until there's first a death. Any man who desires to come after me must what? Take up his cross. You want to see the resurrection power in your own life and for God to do something amazing and to work your situation for His glory. You must die to self and say, God, I can't handle this. I can't do this on my own. I've got all these things that are facing me. I don't know what to do, but one thing I know is you know what's going on. You created it. It's for your glory. It's for my well-being. And God, I want it to be used for your honor and glory. God is working in you. So that you will trust in Him and the God who raises the dead. Paul was about to face death. But he still believed that God could even raise the dead. Verse 10, who delivered us from so great a death. And He does deliver us. In whom we trust that He will still deliver us. God delivers in so many different ways. Acts chapter 12 James, the apostle, was beheaded. Yet he was delivered in the same chapter. Paul was delivered. Delivered from his physical uh, trial that he was going through. As a believer, this is not our home. And sometimes our greatest delivery is from not the trial that we're facing here on this earth, but from the earth itself. And we get to see Jesus face to face. Death is a victory believer and oftentimes that's the greatest healing and the greatest delivery for any believer is to face death and to see Jesus Christ face to face sometimes God delivers us from our trials other times he delivers us in our trials God is working in you and look back up in verse 4 and following this this lengthy text that I just want to summarize in closing Verse 4, He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Three things. First one, God is working over you. He's in control. God is working in you to make you trust Him. Then number three, God is working through you. What God puts in your heart is not to stay, it is to go through you. We are a channel, and that God's comfort in our heart is to be shown to other people. You can never show the comfort to others until first you have been comforted. That's why I wanted to go to 8 through 11 first, because it talks about how God comforts us in our trouble. And when that takes place, we're able to minister to others. 
Could it be that the situation that you are in is not just for you? But it's to be used for God's glory through somebody else that's going to go through the same thing? I don't know. You've got testimonies of that. We've all got testimonies in our lives of our families where we can go through something and we, we, are, we, are, we, we trust the Lord through it and, and, and we are delivered from that situation. And then a couple of months later, we find a friend or a family member or a co-worker who is going through the same thing and you're wondering, God, why? Oh, hey, I know how to, I know how to comfort them. I've been there. Hey, let me tell you what God can do through you. Right now, you don't know what to do. But I've been there. And that's what Paul is saying. Paul says, I've been there. I have faced death. I understand what's going on. And the comfort that you have received is to be given to other people. God is using your life and your testimony to touch the life of somebody else. Could it be that the trial you're facing today is the seed of salvation that somebody else will have in the future? Could it be that that impossible situation today is the door that will open up the heart of a co-worker who doesn't know Christ? Could it be that the situation that you're facing today and you are getting squeezed will spill over into the life of someone who is not a believer and they see how you react through that and how God has comforted you? And this believer, this person over here says, man, you've got something I don't have. What is it? That we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ, they abound in us like a river overflowing. So also our consolation, our encouragement also abounds through Christ. If we are afflicted, it's for our comfort, our consolation. It's for our salvation. It's for our growth in Christ. Which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffered. If we are comforted. It's for your encouragement, your comfort, your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast. Because we know that as you are partakers of the suffering, so also you will partake of the consolation. God is working through you. In times of suffering, oftentimes we only think of ourselves, And God is saying, hey, remember I'm over it. Let me work in you so that I can work through you to teach someone else about the comfort and the encouragement of the Lord Jesus Christ. When those trials come and you don't know what to do, verse 3, you praise the Lord. 4 through 7, you are encouraging others. 8 through 11, you are trusting in God because He can raise the dead. There's nothing more out of our hands than death. And God has the power to do anything. And He chooses to do that in your life if you allow Him. God must first work in us before He can work through us. Last night was, was a, a pretty good heat wave, Amen. And uh, in our house, uh, just like a lot of you couples, one of you is cold natured, one of you is hot natured. The, the hot natured one, my wife Elizabeth, is the cold natured one. So this time of year, it's when I go to bed, I got the heat set. And then when she goes to bed, she has changed the thermostat. And then when I get up, I change it. When she gets up, she changes it. So it just goes back and forth. No, we don't. We kind of set it at a at a at a right temperature. But uh, we have a comforter. 
on our bed just like many of you do. I wish, I've not found one yet, that they made a comforter that was king size and halfway down the middle there's a line. And on one side, it's this thick. For those who are hot-natured. And on the other side, it could be this thick. For those who are cold-natured. Because to be comforted is different for each individual. But instead, she takes a few extra blankets or a, even an extra comforter and folds it to the hat to the side. And she has stacked up hers and she is, she is warm at night. And then I, I'm bearable on the other side with, with the one sheet, one comforter part. God desires to comfort us. But we must allow Him to do that. God is always working. He's working over us. Right now in the portals of glory, He knows the future and He is forming a trial, a situation that He's about to deliver to you. We don't know what it is, but God does. It could be an illness. It can be a family problem. It can be a relationship problem. It can be something that God desires to work over us, but to work through us. To cause us to die to ourself. And that we can trust Him through it all. And allow Him to comfort us like a comforter over an individual, that Holy Spirit to come over us and comfort us inside of us so that we can encourage those around us. Through us, we can be comforted to teach someone else about the love and the encouragement of the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you do when you don't know what to do? He's around us, above us, in us, and through us. Let's pray. Father, God, I know with a crowd this size that there are some people today, God, that are facing some, the question, what do I do when I don't know what to do? God, first off, I pray that every person in this room knows that You are the Savior of the world and they have made You their Lord and Savior. They have repented of their sins and trusted in You as their Lord and Savior. So Father, I pray if there's anybody who hasn't made that decision that they'd use this invitation to come and publicly declare that they want to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. Lord, for the believers today, God, may we die to ourselves. May we trust You through all things. Lord, this invitation is open for others who need to make other decisions. Lord, they know who they are. And Lord, as you speak to them, God, may you just be obedient today. In Jesus' name. Let's stand. Let's sing together this morning.